We have changed tack a little for today. We're going to be reading actually what was the set reading for today, which is Luke 9. It'd be great if you've got a Bible to take that out and open up to Luke chapter 9. In the church Bibles, it's page 100, 1039, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. It'll also come up on the screens. And um, it's a great reading, powerful reading. The more I've thought about it, the more I think. Here is an opportunity, we'll see it in a moment. Jesus wants to prepare his disciples, and by extension, us, his disciples, for difficulty and testing and a stripping away and dealing with the potential even of death, losing everything. And so it's a powerful passage. Let's read it together. Luke chapter 9 and from verse 28. Okay. About eight days after Jesus said this, and this there, he's talking about his death. He's previously talked about the cross. After talking about his death, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men... Moses and Elijah appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, let me give you my summary reflection on Luke 9, and then uh, I'll try and show some of the working as we go through. Okay. What I... Well, let's ask it as a question. What does the world need right now? In the middle of uh, this latest crisis that's taking place now, when threat and danger is very apparent, when uh, people not far away from here are having their comforts, their homes, their livelihoods, their country, potentially, stripped away. Uh, this happened, of course, back last August with Afghanistan, and we're still facing the fallout from that opposite in the hotel, that was 6,000 miles away. A little closer to home this time, just 2,000 miles away. But whether it's closer still, the world needs a Christian people, a church, who know 
who know in their hearts that the Lord Jesus who said, I'm going to be rejected, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to be turned over to the chief priests and teachers of the law, and I'm going to die. The Lord Jesus who said that is the Lord of glory, the preeminent Lord of glory, who has gone through that, now sits on the throne, and has made a route through. He's made a route through that way. He's shown that there's a route through all that. There's a route through suffering. There's a route of having everything taken, everything stripped away, even to the point of death. There's a route through all of that. I've made a way. And in this moment on the mountain, which we'll just look at in some more detail now, he's showing his disciples, you're going to need to see this. You're going to need to see this. You're going to need to recall this when the difficult times come. And it's happening right now for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine this time. Don't know how close this is going to come, how this might affect us in some ways even now here. But when it comes, Jesus has given his disciples this and with the eye of faith we can see it too so that we're ready. It's, it's almost as though Jesus, in doing this, in this moment that we have on the mountain, he's saying, I need you guys to be ready. I need you to be ready. I need you to have something that you see with your heart and you really know. You really know so that you're ready. Okay, let's just look at it in a bit more detail. Just to kind of, I don't know, we've just got to get in there. We've got to see what they saw. We've got to experience what they experienced. So let's just try and go there. After a short while, Luke tells us, after he just said these things about the cross, we're on a mountain. Now let me just line up some of the words that Luke uses in this passage here for you, right? We're on a mountain. There's brightness like lightning. There is cloud. There is great glory. And there is the voice of the Lord. All those things happen on the mountain. Mountain, lightning, cloud, glory, and the voice of God. Now, anyone who's watched The Prince of Egypt or read the Bible, <laughs> it's two options, should know that there is one event for the people of God that looms very large in their kind of psyche as a people, then and even now. And that was that the Lord God rescued his people from Egypt, from slavery. He brought them across the Red Sea and he brought them to a mountain, Sinai, where there was lightning and there was clouds and there was glory and there was the voice of the Lord. See what Luke's showing us? See what he's showing us here? He's saying, do you remember that event in the history of God's people? The greatest revelation of the glory of God, having saved his people from Egypt. Remember that? That happened with Jesus. But the difference is, so this is like an unmistakable recap of Sinai, what we've got here in this, this story of Jesus on the mountain. But there is a big difference. You'll remember back in the, um, back in the story at Sinai, when Moses has gone up and he's got the stone tablets 
Remember, he's writing down the law, the commandments of God. And when he goes up, because he's been speaking with the Lord, you can read this for yourselves, Exodus 33 and 34. When he goes up and meets with the Lord, when he's in the presence of the Lord, he sort of reflects the glory of God and his face shines such that he has to wear a veil. He comes down off the mountain and Put a veil on, man. Put a, you know. So he wears a veil in order to sort of cover up this shining. But it's a reflection, really. Because it's because he's met with the Lord. It's because he's gone into the Lord's presence that he comes back down off the mountain shining like this. But there's a big difference here with Jesus. Do you notice it? It's not that Jesus is kind of reflecting the glory of God. He himself is the light. Right? It says that his clothes become like lightning and his face shines. Not because not he's like describing a meeting with the Lord. It's he is the source. He is the light. And so, straight away, Luke's sort of wanting to say to us, Jesus isn't just another prophet, by the way, like Moses. All the, all the prophets, like Moses, and all of them had these mountaintop experiences because they were trying to get close to the glory of the Lord. Jesus is not one more prophet trying to get near God. Rather, he is the Lord whom all the prophets are trying to get near. See the difference? the Mount of Transfiguration. He's not just another Moses or another prophet trying to get near to God and so kind of reflecting God's glory. He is the glory of God for whom everyone prophets and everyone are trying to get close. And in fact, they do get close. Right, the other astonishing thing that happens in this story (laughs) is that Moses and Elijah rock up. Can you believe it? There Jesus is, Jesus is praying. And Jesus' prayers manage to summon two very, very, very dead men of hundreds of years previously past. Well, I mean, Elijah was taken up, wasn't he? He didn't actually die a physical death, but Moses did. There they are, the two of them. When Jesus prays, he summons Moses and Elijah. Now, those two figures... They're like names you would kind of put up. I mean, they're poster boys of the Old Testament for the law, Moses, and the prophets, Elijah. So he's got the biggest possible guns to his side on the mountain there with him. And did you notice what they're talking about? Let's just pause on this for a second. Because it says, let me read you the verse. This is uh, chapter 9. And... uh, verse 31 uh, or verse 30 they spoke about so they've gathered with Jesus and they spoke about his departure the word there is actually exodus Jesus's exodus or older versions of the bible have his decease his death that's what they were talking about Now, just think about this for a moment, right? Of all the things, 
Right, he's summoned, he's got these guys to a Bible study, right? Elijah, you get the biscuits. He's got these guys down on Tuesday night Bible study, and there they are, they could talk about anything, anything. The loftiest thing, the most profound discussion they can have, the deepest truth they could talk about in that moment is the cross, what Jesus is about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Isn't that amazing? And if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me, and it's good enough for all of us. Next time we have Bible studies, <laughs> next time we think together, next time we go on a, I don't know, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and we're gathering together maybe in someone's home, we're getting the Bibles out, and we're thinking about what Jesus has achieved in his death on the cross. You are having a discussion about the loftiest ideas the most profound and deep things in all the universe. Nothing short. Do you notice that they're not talking about the Roman occupation? They're not talking about King Herod, Antipas. They're not talking about the authorities. I'm not worried about that. They're not worried about that. Those guys are about to become actors to achieve the purposes of God. They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about his way of the cross and what he's about to achieve and accomplish. All these big cheeses, Herod, Pilate, what they're doing, Rome, not interested. Just going to be actors for God's purposes. So already, mind blown, that's... That is the discussion, that's the kind of discussion that's going on in this moment with Jesus. But, but Peter doesn't quite get it. Um, and understandably so, right? So Peter then just kind of wants to do a bit of a Belshamps thing. Did you see that in the, uh, in the text? So he's like, we've got the Hall of Fame here. We've got all three. We've got Moses, we've got Elijah, and we've got Jesus. We've got all three. Let's get the tents out. Pizza. Let's do it. He just, the thing is, though, it looks quite innocent. But really, commentaries go this way on this one. They just like, what Peter's, the mistake that Peter's made here, which is why it says in brackets he didn't know what he was talking about, the mistake he's made is just to go, we've got another one. We've got Moses, we've got Elijah, and we've got a third sort of great figure, Jesus. So he just puts them all on a kind of a level footing. Which is why, in verse 34, it actually says, while he was speaking, while Peter was saying these things, he's getting the tent pegs out and stuff. While he was doing this, a cloud appeared. Right, The cloud came round. They were frightened. They were afraid. It covered them. And then a voice came. As if to make this really abundantly clear, this is my son. Not my sons. It's not these are my sons. This is my son, whom I love. I have chosen. Listen to him. And at that point, verse 36, when the voice had spoken, so when it had spoken, verse 36, they found that Jesus was alone. Is it there? 
he was alone. In other words, he was unique. He was uniquely centered out with the voice of the Lord saying, this one, it's this one. And then the disciples are are so struck by this, they don't even know what to say. And so they don't. And they hold it. They hold this for some time. Peter, James, John. One of the things I think we need to see here, church, is that Peter, previous to this, had done that remarkable thing of saying who Jesus was. Do you remember that bit where Jesus says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? Well, first he says, who do the people say I am? And then he asks them, he says, who do you say I am? And Peter nails it. He says, remember, he says, you're the Christ. And so in a sense, when Peter's given the test, he passes with an A, right? He gets it right. He answers the question correctly. Who are you? Right? Who, who am I? Says Jesus. Peter answers, you're the Christ. He knows. He can answer the question correctly. But what this is doing, what, the, what this mountaintop experience is doing for Peter, to some degree, and what he's going to need to recall in the years to come, is that this understanding, what he's just said, you're the Christ, needs to land here, really, really needs to land in his heart. He needs to get it. He needs to get that this man who's talked about his cross is the Lord of glory. He really is the chosen one of God. This is what it's all about. It's about him. More than it's about Moses and Elijah, more than it's about another prophet, it's about him. And this has got to sink in for Peter. And it has to sink in for every disciple, especially at a time of crisis and need, isn't it? So all of us together, it is for the church, isn't it, to be not the kind of church that can say the right things about Jesus, knows the right things about Jesus, got our doctrine all nice and in a row, lined up, we know the right things to say. What we're trying to see with the eye of faith here, what we're trying to go back with the disciples to see here is that there's a kind of knowing, there's a kind of knowing that gets in the heart when you go, here is the Lord of glory. And that is what the world needs. It needs people who are ready, ready when the crisis comes. It's what the church in Ukraine need now. It's what the church in Russia need now. It's what the church all over the world needs now. It's what we need now, even with current crises around us here, or maybe present crises in our own families, or whatever it might be. It needs people who know the preeminent Christ, really know him, really. It's a moment of great, great glory, this. In contrast to the Old Testament, here's just one more. Let me just throw this out before we bring this to a conclusion. In the Old Testament, when the Lord shows up, it is more often than not with great glory and fire and lightning and mountaintop and everyone just looks and thinks, I'm going to die like that. But momentarily, there are times, you read that Old Testament 
part of your Bible, you'll see that momentarily the Lord appears manlike. Think of Eden. Think of Eden when the Lord God is walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. For a moment, he appears as a man. Or you think of Moses when he's on that mountain. For a moment, he speaks to him as a man speaks to his friend. Or you think of that famous story with Jacob when they're wrestling. Momentarily, the Lord appears as a man. Here with Jesus, it's almost in reverse. You see this? So the disciples whom Jesus knew as a man, they'd seen him grow up to some extent. He's the boy grown up in Nazareth, the carpenter. Here on the mountain, for a moment, they see who he really is. The great God of glory, shining. And what they saw first, they're handing down to us so that we can see now the same things with the eye of faith. Because the way of the cross is very, very hard and very, very undignified and very horrible. A stripping away. And no one wants to go that path. Certainly not Peter, certainly not me. Which is why we're going to have to see these things, church. It's why we're going to have to see the Lord of glory going through that. Because when you see that Jesus, the Lord of glory, went through that, you're like, a root has been made through. It's been made through. There's a root through now. There's a root through all of that. It's permanently open. So that we can offer that to the world. So that we can offer that in our prayers. Otherwise we'll quit. Or we'll be up and down. You know? When we see these things, it'll be like, no, I will be fervent in prayer to this one. Because there's a route through. And I can go without. I can follow in that way of the cross. I can follow into those things. Because there's a route through. We need to pray this. We're going to pray it. I'm going to pray it in a moment. Let's pray it again for ourselves, for this church family, for the church here. What's our response going to be? How are we going to react in a way to this latest crisis, these latest developments? And of course, it's very, very real for Mary and her family. How are they going to respond? Are we praying for them? How is Ukraine? How's the church? How are church leaders in the Ukraine and in Russia going to speak into this we need to pray let me pray for us as we close this is the prayer which i've just adapted ever so slightly this is the prayer for the transfiguration father in heaven whose son Jesus Christ was wonderfully transfigured before chosen witnesses upon the holy mountain and spoke of the exodus he would accomplish at Jerusalem. Give us strength to see him with the eye of faith now, to trust him in prayer. 
to bear up our cross and follow him in humble service and to await his glorious appearing. Lord God, we do pray. I'm adding my prayers to those that have gone before me in this service, that you would make wars cease to the ends of the earth, you would break bows, you would shatter spears and burn shields with fire, as it says in your word, Psalm 46, verse 9. We ask of you, Lord, to make a peace for Ukraine, save lives, teach your world and teach the people of Ukraine and Russia to trust in you, Teach us to trust with you. Start with us, Lord, and start with me. And in so much as we have a moment here to reflect on our own position this morning, bring us to the mountain, Lord God, we pray. Bring us to that very same mountain. Give us a glorious vision of Jesus, creating us a new and deeper conviction as your people so that we're prayerful, so that we're humble, so that we are ready to go useful in your service, Lord, as you lead us forward, whatever the cost. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.